Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lewiston Tribune Sports Podcast, episode eight. Right? Yeah, amazingly, we haven't been canceled yet. You know, every day we come back into the office, into the studio, and I am just, you know, we get the green light every time. You know, the recording signs lit up, and we are, we're back for another the, the episode. The red blinking sign that says, on air, yeah. here in our palatial studio, which is like, well, I don't know, 12 by 12. Yeah, yeah, we, we're getting spoiled by the size of the studio. You know, I think other podcasters would kill for the size and depth that this studio has. You know, next week, Trevin, it'll be 20 by 20. Yeah. <laughs> it'll keep expanding somehow. Yeah, next next week, maybe the lights will be off. I don't know. <laughs> well, that would mean somebody wouldn't have paid the bill, and that would be a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, everything's been the same as, you know, Mike Tacko said since about the 90s. Well, <laughs> you know, then again, he was here working, and, you know, when he was like, his... What is he, 50, 60? No, he was probably in his 30s. It was probably in the 80s he was here. Even in the 80s, man. I mean, that TV is probably about 1990s, 1980s right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, by the way, Trevin, what's your name? Treeb from Treep Talks. That's right. And I'm Don Walton, the sports editor, folks, since we haven't announced <laughs> our names yet. We've we've been diving too much into the into the studios and all the uh, all the old fashioned artifacts that we have in here. Like we don't work for a newspaper that have even you know cooler, older artifacts in it. But you know we're diving into the TVs. But. You know, actually, Trevin, in case you did not know this, and you might not have. I don't know a whole lot of things. Well, you're showing your age. <laughs> and this is also going to show your age as well. This building used to be a car dealership. Mm, I did not know that, actually. Yeah, this was a old-timey car dealership back, I, I think, in like the 60s before they moved into the building. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely sitting in a relic, shall yeah. we say. Yeah, this was just one of the buildings that Rogers decided not to purchase, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have put, kind of purchased everything. And speaking of purchasing, I mean, you know, hey, why not P1FCU just purchase the building while you're at it? They're already going on a spending spree as it is. Yeah, well, we're talking about purchasing P1FCU as well. Why don't you purchase a little bit of a, you know, advertising into the podcast too? Maybe get a little bit of a plug. Hey, you know, you can you can spend two million over ten years to name the activity center. You can drop, you know, I don't know, a nickel. Yeah, <laughs> you can drop a nickel to, to help a couple of struggling young brothers out. Yeah, a couple of young struggling podcasters out <laughs> here in the. Uh, just kidding, you, you P1FCU folks, you're really good people. You sponsor our Prep Athlete of the Week. You know, you, we, you do, we you do a, a whole lot time. of good for the community. So, you yeah. know, we got to have a little fun at your expense at, at times, but yeah, nothing, no harm, no foul, trust yeah. me. Yeah, and I had a good time this, this week at the uh, P1FCU Activity Center. I spent a lot of time there. Hey, matter of fact, did you, like, not take a cot over? You know, I actually I uh, pitched you know, a tent. You know, I thought about uh, you know talking to those up above about pitching a tent right at center court just to make sure you know that I was ready for everything involved. I'm um, not sure Brooke Hens would have allowed that. Well, you know, it should have because you know I I was there for you know the duration of the Avista Holiday Tournament. You know, covered both LC double headers. And, you know, I didn't even get to check out the hospitality room. Oh, I was so busy. Oh, but, but from what I heard, 
they they put on great things there in the hospitality room. When I when I actually did get the opportunity to go um, up there was the last day of the tournament, and you know from you know Cody Went, who's also you know part timer in the office like me, um, he got to go up there and he enjoyed some chili. So you know I was I was very excited to go up there, and when I went up there, it was just one single bag of chips and one cinnamon roll. So. They had been done with the catering by the time. Have I you had figured the out being in this business that we all love free food? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, before I even got in the business, free food was my my jam, you know. Well, I, I mean, look at Potlatch. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> my favorite place to be. Potlatch High School has the best, the best. Um, what is it? Concessions. concessions. The best concessions out of any high school there is. I mean, you could get nachos. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll make a whole turkey back there for you if you ask them. What about a turducken? What is that? You don't know what a turducken is, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. Okay, so let let's you know channel our inner John Madden here. God rest his soul. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Okay. He made up the turducken, and it was every year for the Thanksgiving Day game, day game that him and Pat Summerall did. The winners would get a turducken, and what it was was a turkey stuffed inside of a, I think it was a chicken stuffed inside of a duck stuffed inside of a turkey. Actually, I do kind of vaguely remember that when I was about maybe seven years old. So, Are you <laughs> sure that was like negative two? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I am showing my, showing my age a little bit, but... You know, towards the end of my stint at the P1FCU Activity Center, I got to watch the um, LC State men and women's basketball team um, in action. And, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really had an opportunity to do that this year. Um, I was able to, you know, write up a preview for their season and kind of get to know them. But, you know, this was kind of my first taste of them in action in that men's game. That was... A thriller for the ages. Don, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you though. As I told you when you when you got back um, from covering the games, it was kind of a um, a backwards uh, slate in my mind. Um, if anything, I thought the women, even though I mean, you know, you look at the record, you, you just go off the records themselves, you know. Um, LC, LC's women's team probably should have had a much closer game against Multnomah than what the men's team should have had. But, you know, they don't play the games on paper. They play them on the court. Um, the women just absolutely destroyed uh, Multnomah, which is one of the only times this season that they've really had a, you know, a, a game they could relatively cruise in. And, you know, even if you've got a game that you relatively cruise in, for, if you're Brian Orr, you always find kind of something to nitpick at. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure he was able to do that a little bit yesterday. But the men's game, yeah, yeah that, that, that's the one that really surprised me more. Uh, LC had come into the game ranked 17th in the nation. Uh, they pretty much, this, this conference, I mean, it's not, it's an okay conference, but you know, it's a top-heavy conference, basically, when you've got College of Idaho, uh, LC, and Oregon Tech, you know, teams of that nature. You know, the, the, the bottom feeders are not going to put up much of a game. Uh, Multnomah actually is a, I mean, you know, you look at the record, you know, they're 8-6, and six, and I, I guarantee you 
Austin Johnson would not say they're an eight and six team no. after what they went through last night or Saturday night. No, yeah, and that was, um, you know, looking at kind of the the sheet of paper or whatever, they were winless on the road, smelling of a team, and when they came onto that court, they looked like they were on a mission. I mean, they they were they out they were outsized with LC, like they were able to score a lot more points on the inside and you know just game the whole game was a game of runs and LC really almost fell into that trap right there and i think you know Austin Johnson and the Warriors when they faced this team i think they knew coming in that this was really a threat and that they had to be on top of their game and and you know they they showed why they had to kind of come out there with that kind of edge cuz they were right there with them the entire time. And Elsie had to fight and claw in the final five minutes to even, you know, get back into the game. You know, the Lions, they could have easily walked away with that with the win. They had a 10-point lead with five minutes left in regulation. So, you know, Elsie went on 11-0 run, came back, took the lead, back, forth, back, forth. And even, you know, to the last second of overtime, there was some drama. So, you know, it was... It was a fun conference game, and, you know, at any conference, any level, pro, college, even high school, I mean, it's it's going to be a bloodbath between anybody, and, and, you know, they showed that tonight. Well, or Saturday night. yeah, no, LC is kind of, I try to get, I'm trying to get a good read on them. They, they, they kind of struggled a little bit in their last two to three games. Where they haven't really shot the ball that was a like they're thing. capable of shooting it. This is a team that had been pretty much in the top three in the nation in shooting the ball and scoring and scoring margin. You know, uh, pretty much any offensive category, they were they were in the top ten in the nation. In the last couple of games, they they really struggled to kind of find their footing. Now, granted, they played a another ranked team. You know, two weeks ago in College of Idaho, uh, so that was kind of to be expected there. That that game to be a bit of a struggle, being being down down in the Boise area in Caldwell. This game, like I said, I didn't expect this one as much. It could have been the after Christmas kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hangover so to speak, where you know you kind of get into that. You, you kind of get lulled. Oh yeah, into a false sense of security, and that may have been what happened here. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, you you were there, so you have a better gauge of it than I do. Um, this is probably a good game for them, though. It kind of you know smack a little bit of reality into them that you know no matter what happens on a nightly basis, you know this league's going to be tough, and this is what they wanted when they moved from the frontier is he wanted challenges night in, night out. And, you know, the pandemic last year, you know, forced a two-team league during the winter. Uh, and, you know, this is really the first full year for LC in the league, and, and they're finding out relatively quickly that this league's going to be a challenge on a nightly basis. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, LC did everything extremely well in their game on Saturday night. 
except for hit their shots. Well, and, and I and, should say in the first half. Yeah. That's why they got into the hole that they got themselves into. Yeah, and even, you know, you get into the second half when they, you know, were down by 10 and they had to make that run. You know, when they started making that run, they started hitting those shots. But, you know, before that, it was it was a rough night. I mean, you had Silas and Khalil Stevenson both just, you know, being their leading scorers. I think there might have been somebody in between them, not off the top right now. I'll look into the box score. But um, I know Khalil led. Um, Khalil had 10 points in the, like, first, I think, eight minutes of the first half. And then he ended the first half with 10 points. So he was hot in the first part of the first half. And then after that, you know, it was it was slow. And they really needed to pick things up. Um, I was also really impressed with, you know, just the fact that they didn't quit the entire way. I think that's yeah. that's coaching. You know, that's Austin Johnson for you. I think he's a great coach. He's always going to have these guys prepared. And, you know, they have some shooters. And they have some guys on their team that can score. Um, but, you know, they, they kind of lack some size. And, you know, they, they don't have the best, you know, maybe overall talent or depth there. But the fact that Austin Johnson's such a great coach, I think, kind of rallies that kind of talent around. Well, and I, I said that in a column after the end of the – after the end of last season, when they went to uh, they went to the NIA championship game, is people cannot take Austin Johnson for granted. You know, he is probably one of the best young minds in the NAIA, and he's destined to be a to be a coach at the next level. You know, whether you want to call it an assistant at like you know a D one school or a head coach at a D two D three school, this guy is destined to you know be be in a better spot, you know. I, I don't he's going to get his bag. He's, he's going to get his, yeah, yeah, precisely. He will get it when he's ready. He's not ready right now. He de- Or he just doesn't want He doesn't want to leave right now because he's got, I mean, you know, he's tied to the community. He likes the community. He it goes to say a lot about what this community means to him. Getting back to the game in general, the game of basketball in general, they were awful. They were absolutely awful from the field yesterday. Terrible. You know, they were terrible in the first 20 minutes, 38.2%. Yes. And then they turned it up in the final 25 minutes, which is what good teams do. They shot the ball almost 57% in the final final half in overtime of that game. And they needed every single one of those baskets in order to win that game. Mm. There's just no question about it. You cannot get yourself into a hole and expect to shoot 60% every time out in the second half of games and be able to pull it out. You have to be consistent the entire way. Yeah. And I'm, you know, this team for the better part of this season to date has been. But there have been lapses the last couple of games in particular that should make Johnson a little bit nervous. And then at the free throw line, ugh. Oh, my God. Yeah, Courtney, he... Oren, Oren, Oren Courtney, God bless his soul. Yes. You know... Had a good day from the field. Had a really good day overall in that game. But when they needed him at the line, man, you know, he could have built me a house. Well, and they were just lucky that, you know... It didn't cost them. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that Melanoma was able... That they missed 
the free throws that they needed to make in order to tie the game, win Why? the game, build the lead. Like, Why? Like, the thing was, was that everything that LC struggled with, the Lions so struggled more with more. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the problem. That was the problem with them was LC... They it was had like a the bunch game of tomfoolery going on. Yeah, the melanoma, melanoma had the game. Melanoma, in. you mean? I can't. Not melanoma. 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 Yeah. Mel- melanoma is a cancer, dude. I know. I keep freaking. I I knew. <laughs> I knew coming into this story, or like when we were gonna talk about it, it was gonna <laughs> you be knew hard. You were gonna do a melanoma. <laughs> melanoma, melanoma. I was gonna be struggling it, to pronounce it. It's hard. It's hard. That's why I'm I went with. Grief. That's why I went with the lions half the time. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean. So. No, absolutely. But, you know, everything that LC struggled with, they struggled with more. Yeah. And that's the flip side when you have good coaches and you're a good coach team, you can overcome those things. But, you know, I don't know the, their coach very well, you know, or anything like that. But LC being probably the better coach team comes out on top. I, you know, they, they just got, they got lucky at home. Yep. They got lucky at home. And, and you know, the Lions aren't there. They still haven't won a game on the road yet. Yep. And Monday, tomorrow, as at the time we're uh, doing this podcast, Monday, uh, LC gets uh, Warner Pacific. Um, again, another middle of the pack, middling team on both sides, both the men and the women. Uh, they've only played five conference games a day, but, you know, they're eight and five. The men are in overall. The women are six and four. Again, you know this could be a could be a key test for Elsie's men. Uh, the women probably will cruise, but you know. And I'd like to see Elsie the men take care of business in that game. Right after after their game they had against Mesothelioma, you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So transitioning into another college team that. Uh, played this weekend and oh my goodness dawn what a just absolute wreck this last week has been for the washington state cougars (laughs) and the football team and and you know what's funny is leading up to this bowl game that they were supposed to have with miami we'd talk about it beforehand every time we'd say oh you know i don't think we should talk about it you know (laughs) it's it's it is what it is and then you know it turns out that was like the biggest story of the week <laughs> heading into that bowl game and the bowl game itself i mean it was it was kind of a spectacle it was kind of a you know kind of a crap shoot there you know kind of let's talk about it let's just start god where do you start with this um i think you start with the fact so that... you start i guess you start with the fact that you know, Miami continually said for three, four days before they pulled out that, oh, we're going to be there, we're, we're, we're going to show up, we're, we're, we're going to be okay, we're going we're, we're gonna to be all right. And then December 26th, day after Christmas, they, they pulled the plug. So that pretty much left Wazoo in an untenable situation of, well, hey, guys, uh, what do we do? Um... They were probably about a day away from not playing in this game at all, quite frankly. But, you know, the NCAA needs to get them dollars. Well, yeah, but... uh, Yeah, just ask Dave Portnoy. Yeah, yeah. Ask Dave Portnoy. Ask Dave Portnoy how he really feels right now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So, in a bit of fortuitous luck, 
Central Michigan pulled out of, well, actually it was Boise State who wound up having way too many COVID uh, positives. So they had to pull out of the Arizona Bowl, which was scheduled also to be played on Friday, which left both Washington State and Central Michigan without opponents. The, the bonus thing for that was is Central was four hours away um, in Tucson and could easily go to El Paso relatively quickly. And it made so much more sense for Wazoo to play Central in the Sun Bowl than for Wazoo to go to Tucson to play Arizona. Uh, Central Michigan. Central Michigan in Tucson. And why is it that you asked they're about the same distance apart? Hey, you know, it's only four hours. You know, what? what's the difference? Oh, mon frere. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Let me tell you what the difference is. The Sun Bowl paid out three and a half million dollars and was broadcast on national television. Can't beat that. You can't beat that, right? Well, the Arizona Bowl only had a payout of $380,000 and was broadcast on YouTube. Can't beat that. Scales of Justice says, for the win, El Paso. <laughs> I mean, they, and all in Central Michigan, I mean, they, they lucked out. Well, and, they, and, and you know, they, they even... The, the, some of the players from Central Michigan even, you know, said that, you know, they came in with an attitude because, you know, they thought that, every, you know, everybody thought, oh, wow, you know, Washington State's going to just absolutely steamroll them. And, you know, they, they gave them no chance. Well, you know, and I was one of them, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, you know, odds makers put the game at seven. Uh, yeah. And they just basically came out and – Buried Washington State alive early. Yeah. Now, Wazoo came back. You know, they, they made a valiant effort, you know, behind a third-string quarterback. But, you know, he, that third-string quarterback also showed why he's a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they were without several of their top players. You know, Abe Lucas, Liam Ryan, you know, two of their offensive line stalwarts. Um, their best, their two best running backs, Max Borgie, who decided, nah, I, I'm just going to declare. And then Dion McIntosh for what we still don't know why, but we surmised might be a disciplinary issue per our beat writer, Dale Grummer. So they were behind the eight ball from the beginning. And for them to be able to, you know, get, you know, pull it to within three points after being down by three touchdowns early, it says a lot. They just didn't have enough to get over the hump. They just didn't have enough talent. You know, I don't think I was one of those people that came in and thought Central Michigan would pull off the upset. But I think a lot of people were giving Washington State maybe too much credit. Yeah. I think that was the problem. And I also think... Seven points for the favorite is fair for Washington State. Like, I mean, what? Like, they, it was a fair line, I think. Like, it's not like central because, because you, you you can't well you can't a you can't predict 
what's going to happen in that game. You can't predict that Jaden Delora is going to get absolutely creamed. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, you could have, considering your best two offensive linemen weren't going to play. You could have predicted that. You could have brought that line down a little bit. That was probably, you know, they, they could, you say hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, that line probably was too high. But, I mean, you're looking at a Pac-12 team going up against the MAC team. You're looking at a pac, pretty decent Pac-12 team. I mean, and it's no disrespect meant to the MAC, but well, yeah. they are who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at it, and you look at that line, it's like how much lower would would it have had to have been to where like Central Michigan would have felt respected? And you know what I mean? Four, four, and it's like uh, be realistic. You know, you yeah. know what I mean. Right, I, right, right, you know right, what right, I mean. Right, right. I, I just, I just think that that was that was just kind of silly that they were going around saying that. But also, it was like with all these people not playing, and it just there was from the season that WSU's had, and with Miami dropping out. And you have all these players not playing. It's like they've had too much, you know, good momentum during the bad. It was almost right that in this bowl game, with all the things going on, that they were just going to lose this one. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think the only thing bad or maybe some foreshadowing here is, you know, something that we talked about in the last podcast. And that's, you know, Jaden Delora. You know, will this... <laughs> will he or won't he? Yeah, will he or won't he be a Washington State Cougar next year, especially after, you know, what happened in that game? I mean, getting injured. I don't know. I think that might be might be something there. You know, coming in to the podcast, I thought, you know, is this going to be some foreshadowing of how Dickert's going to be as a coach? But I think with all the circumstances that he faced in this game, and, you know, he... he made the best out of impossible situations all year long and you know a guy like that can only do so much so i think he did he did the best with the hand he was dealt yeah he, absolutely he has a year you know get his feet underneath him implement what he wants to do and you know i think kook fans have a reason to be excited for next year no Let's absolutely see. you know i you you've still got you know the the back half of the recruiting class coming here in about a month um you're going. You, you get to play your your Palouse rival out of the gate to start 2022. Um, you're gonna have. You've got decent talent coming back. I, you know, I, I think this is this is an anomaly versus you know what the future holds for this team. So you know there. And just to get to a bowl game. Yes, after all that. After everything. Mm-hmm. And then to play the bowl game after everything that happened, you know, pretty much the last seven, eight days. It's a minor miracle. You know, considering the rise in cases and, you know, with the Omicron variant, you know, going up. And, and all the chaos that's going on in college football that went on the last week. Where you had teams pulling out, you had teams canceling five hours before, you know, a scheduled game. And, you know, one team one team pulls out, the other te- the other team is like really irritated and gets angry and, and and spots conspiracy theories on the internet. You know, 
Well, yeah, they lost the game, but you chalk it up as a victory. Yeah, and you know, and that and that just kind of raises a point too. With all these people on TV or analysts and stuff, and people getting mad about teams pulling from the game, I think you know, with everything going on, and there's 42 bowl games and COVID and all that, I think if there has ever been a year where teams and players should get a pass from pulling out of a bowl game, it's this year. So I think that is 100% valid if a team or a player forego a bowl game this year. Yes and no. Um, I, I kind of I come... I'm going to waffle on this, and... There's a lot of reasons why I'm going to waffle on it, but Kirk Herbstreit basically set Twitter ablaze yesterday when when he when he uh, on on Saturday during you know during the during the broadcast of the Rose Bowl, and he basically said that these guys just you know they need to be playing for their school. And, and playing for their teams and all that, and they shouldn't be pulling out to prepare for their next, you know, stop, their next career in, in pro football. And this is also coming from a guy, you know, I, I just, I'm not sure. I mean, I agree. I think I, I mean, I agree with you that kids need to look out for their best interests right now. Mm-hmm. You know. After everything that's happened in the past twenty some odd months, if it's in a kid's best interest for them to think about the pro career, that's what they should do. If it's in their best interest to come back for another year, you can't put any kind of onus on them. Right now, we're we're living in a completely different world than we were in December of twenty nineteen. Hundred percent. And, you know, a lot of people took a lot of things for granted up until, up until that point. And now you can't take anything for granted. So I, th- I think the naysayers kind of need to back off a little bit from their stance of, you, you know... Like rah rah, you need yeah, to play. Yeah, do this for your thing. school. Do this right, for right exactly. Like when you know that there is so much outside stuff happening, especially for these college athletes who basically have grown up around in college at least around this COVID. And era. now, and, and now with the advent of name, image, likeness, yeah, you know these it's kids a whole are. Era. Yeah, these kids are gonna get their money. You know, as long as they can, and then they're going to move on. So just we got to get used to it. It's not the same. It's not. It's it's pseudo amateurism now. Mm-hmm. It really is, and it's not just in football. It's going to be in all other sports, but football is football is a main driver. So you know, we just have to get used to it, and and a bunch of us blue hairs, <laughs> you know. It's kind of hard for us to fathom that, but we're living in a brave new world, and we got to get used to it. 
And if you don't like it, you know, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. Yeah. Speaking of blue hairs, the old four nines coming up for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a smooth transition, my friend. Hey, thank you. Very smooth. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I am getting way old, you know. I take my, officially it will be my 50th turn around the sun starting tomorrow. Ooh. I turn 49, actually. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm halfway there. <laughs> you are you are two times the age of me, so you know. Well, well maybe... no, actually, I'm about four times the age because I, I think are you like twelve? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> may, so maybe uh, you know, you're teaching me exactly how not to act. At the age right, of 50, precisely. Right. right. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm helping you grow right now. You know, by 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 showing you how not to act when you become this age, what not to do. And believe you me, getting into this field, that was probably the biggest mistake you ever made. <laughs> exactly. I know, and I love this field. You know, I will I will be, I will work in journalism until the day I die. That's just what I do and what I know. But, man, you young people, <laughs> why? <laughs> I, I, I know something attracts you to it. I get it. I understand. You know, um... One day I just woke up, I picked up the Lewis and Morning Tribune, I seen Dale Grummert writing about the uh, the, the Cougs. And That's I what it is! I just, Dale, I swear, I swear to you, every journalist that I think I've run into in this place has said that they've been influenced in one form or fashion by the writings of Dale Grummert. And, I, you know, I love Dale to death. You know... I have not a one, but not one bad word to say about Dale. It's amazing what that man has been able to do and the kind of influence he has, you know, and the foundation that he has laid in his, I think we're going on year 38 here at this newspaper. You know, he doesn't like to do social media. He kind of shies away from podcasts. Mm-hmm. Let's try to get him on camera. Yeah. I guarantee you he'll try to hide. Oh, yeah. There have been many a story about Dale Grummert actually... Well, let's not, gig it. Let's not get into that exactly, but, you know... I've seen, uh, I seen Dale at the grocery store during New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Oh, you saw, you saw Dale at... Uh, where at? At uh, Dubco. Dubco, that would be otherwise known as Winco. Yeah, because we're getting dubs out here. Oh, yeah. We can tell the age difference. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen Dale. He's uh, he's happy. He's healthy. He's terrific. Um, you know, I think, you know, Dale, as, as great of a writer that he is, he's just as great of a person. So, you know, I, I, I do remember reading his writing and being in journalism class and being you know, inspired by that. And I've been a big sports fan, obviously. So, you know, being uh, able and, to work here is a great time. Right. No, and I, I apologize for interrupting you there. I mean, having having Dale on the staff is, you know, we we haven't had him the last couple of months. He's had he's had a health issue. Um, you know, he, he has continued to write, though. Um, he has continued to cover the Washington State football team, you know, about as well as anybody 
can in this area. Um, I, I miss him for his for his knowledge of the area. Oh yeah. I, I miss him being in the office just for his dry sense of humor. I, I miss him being around, I just miss him being around us generally. He he is going to be coming back relatively soon. We are not going to um, push him a whole lot. You know, we're going to let him work his way back into into doing things. But you know, to say that there has been a hole in this sports staff for the last two months is a complete understatement. Well, you know, he's the, he's the glue that holds this place together. You know, and, and it's kind of funny that we're <laughs> this last ten minutes we've just been singing Dale's praises, but he deserves it. But you know, Dale, he probably deserves more than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dale, he uh, everything that he does for the Cougs beat and stuff, he does just as much for the high school too. I mean, he'll go out and he'll write about a cross country meet and track and wrestling too. I like doing wrestling, but I mean, cross country and track like. I would not even know how to approach that, but Dale does it, and he's so articulate about it, and he knows how to do it, and he and he knows the area. He's been doing it for so long, and yeah, he's just he's he's one of the best in the business, and he's definitely probably the most, you know, unheard of. Well, just because of you know he doesn't have a presence anywhere on social media or anything, at least nationally. Well, but. People around this region know yeah, of him. Region know him, yeah. Nationally, nationally, so. people might not know of him, and you know, I try, I will most certainly try to get that word out because you know I, I am a member of the Associated Press Sports Editors, and you know I've tried to promote as much as I can about the work that we do here at this paper. Um, so you know, but but people know of him. Yeah. You know, and people around here appreciate him. You know, it's funny because I got I got a handwritten letter really from a 90 a, a 90 plus year old army army corporal not too long ago who wondered why his byline wasn't on the Wazoo Washington, you know, Apple Cup football game. And I actually took the time to look the guy's number up place a phone call and let him know what the situation was because, you know, he didn't know. He didn't understand what was going on. And he just thought, you know, it was like, oh, it's just like everything else nowadays with newspapers. You know, they're cutting, you know, they're, they're cutting travel. They're cutting stuff like that. And yes, admittingly, you know, newspapers are cutting their budgets a whole lot more. You know, we're not traveling to every game like we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He didn't quite understand, you know, the concept of what was going on, and I kind of had to let him know. Now, I, I wish I would have talked to him personally. Uh, I just I had to leave a voicemail message for the guy. But, you know, he was a vet, he's a veteran. He served in wars. Um, I know this because that's what was on the stationery. And, you know, it just goes to show you how much Dale is loved and revered in this community. Not just here, though. Not just in the Valley, but also up in Moscow and Pullman. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody loves what Dale has done, loves what Dale has meant. And, and, and we're all really hoping, I know I am, 
Because I'm the one who just said, I'm not going to be that guy. And when I mean that guy, I'm not going to be that guy that pushes him out the door. I'm not going to be that person. I know how much he means to this community. I know how much he means to people who read this newspaper. And when I came in, when I took this job in August of 2019, that's the one thing I said was, is I, yeah, Dale, Dale has his little things. You know, he's not on social media. He doesn't necessarily always break the story first like I want him to. But he's thorough, he's accurate, and he gets straight to the point. And I've always said, you know, and I, like, like I was saying, I even said when I interviewed for this position and I took this job in August of 2019, I am not going to be that guy that pushes him out the door. And even though he's had, like I said, a little bit of a health issue, he's he's more than welcome back. He, he's more than welcome with open arms in this newsroom to anybody and everybody. And we're just not going to, you know, we understand what he means. Dale Grummer. And this is actually not a segment I think we planned on. No. But we've droned on for 15 minutes about Dale, and Dale would have probably told us to shut up by now. Yeah, yeah so we'll... we'll so we'll let's, just, let's just kind of move on. Yeah, we'll... Actually, let's move on to high schools. That's what I was... Because that gonna... is something that he actually... He does enjoy. Yeah, no, and you know, one thing that I will also say I enjoyed was... um. Covering the Avista Holiday Tournament this week. And, you know, um, I also want to give a shout-out to um, a couple of people. Um, I don't have your names right in front of me right now, but <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did have some people reach out to me on Twitter and, uh, you know, say that I, I did a good job, like, tweeting about the games and covering the Avista, so I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, let's dive into it. First of all, Don, let's get out of the way. Let's, let's get talk, what out of the way? Where, talk, where, where are we getting out of the way? Let's talk about how your bracket was busted on day one. <laughs> your Andy Wright Gators, who who looked spectacular in the first eight minutes, let me say. Probably, be, like, I have watched a ton of high school basketball so far this winter. And I don't think... A ton. Yeah. You've watched a ton. I have. Do you I've count come, 10 games as a ton? A ton this winter? I've probably okay, covered... Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. all right, all right. I'm still going to throw you under the bus. Was, You've only covered like 10 games. No, no way. I covered I covered eight during the tournament, tournament and I've probably covered And you like covered three. two more after. No, <laughs> and I covered like three oh, come on. every week. There's probably... I've covered at least 20 games since no, the season right, started. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me okay, that. Okay, negative two. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you give me that. All right, anyway. <laughs> so I've covered... You, you've covered a good couple a handful, handful. A handful. You've covered a couple school, good handfuls of games, yes. Of, of high school basketball this year. And Andy Wright was like looked like the best basketball team in the first quarter out of any basketball team that I have covered this year. And then they all fell apart. <laughs> so this, quick. This is the absolute epitome of they look good on paper, but then you see them on the court. And actually, I have to give a little props to Robert Hagen, who's one of the teachers over at Clarkston, who was the PA announcer over at the uh, Avista Tournament all year. He kind of reached out to me on, on Facebook and told me that there were at least three of Annie Wright starters mm-hmm. yeah. who were who were not there. Yeah, and you know, then, so yeah. 
it's kind of understandable as to where maybe my my sleeper pick again, folks. <laughs> sleeper. I didn't predict them to win. Yeah. Let's you put get them in, this you put straight. Them in the finals. I put it in the final, <laughs> but I didn't predict them to win. <laughs> Let's get it right, yeah. Justin Jones. Oh yeah, he, he made sure that he, he he got he got you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make sure this Justin Jones. Well, I did not predict them to win. But they were my sleeper team. And you know, I, but th- this is what happens when you you miss three starters. You get a team like Clarkson that can take advantage of the situation and does a good job of taking advantage of the situation. And uh, and, and, and puts and, and puts the foot on the throat. And I will say too, uh, all you know, like the little shade that Justin Jones threw at you, obviously in good fun too. I right. I. I I got equal amount of shade when uh, Lewison was in the championship with Lapway because I, I walked right by their sidelines because I was going to interview uh, Stefanczyk after her game, and I went to go give Jason Nux, and then he said, nope, not going to give it to you. I'm going to bust your bracket. And then all the Lewison coaches oh, no. almost at similar times crossed their arms. Really? Yeah. And you then, didn't tell me this. Yeah, and then everybody, everybody else on the sidelines talked about how ugly my beanie was in my mask because I had Jag stuff on. So well, the, the, I mean, the that, that's tournament. kind of well, okay, that's kind of understandable <laughs> considering the NFL team you root for. All right, but but I didn't realize they were kind of throwing you shade oh, because they, of you know. Oh yeah, we we got we got. I think I think Jason and Justin both just wanted to prove us wrong when we the tournament. Sure, <laughs> no, well, and, and Justin absolutely proved me wrong. Oh yeah, but you know he had a little help along the way, and again, that's nothing on their team because you know. Xavier Xavier Santana oh. really stepped up mm-hmm. in that game for him. Conrad Dudley, he had, he had been injured. He came back. He scored 11 points off the bench, I believe, in that game. You know, they deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no question about it. They deserve to win that game. You know, but they just they, – they didn't have the horses to keep up with Lapway. But then again, as we've said probably for the last two, three, four weeks – does anybody have horses to keep up with Lapway? No. At least nobody in that tournament. And they they had the whole... I don't think anybody in the state of Idaho, regardless of classification, has the horses to keep up with Lapway. There's your bold prediction right there. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that that is a... Uh, that's a too far-fetched thing to say. I would love to see Lapway play Lake City. Because I gotta, I gotta think. Because I haven't seen the uh, you, you're, you vote in it. I haven't seen the Idaho boys, um, poll, but I'd have to see like where the five A teams. Because is Coeur in inside the top five? Coeur uh, Well, actually, and the new poll will come out on Tuesday. I just voted tonight, Sunday yeah. night. Um, I voted Lake City one. I, I'm, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Uh, last in the previous poll, Coeur was four. And Lewiston was receiving votes. This week I actually voted Lewiston number three, even though they, you know, they got their first loss, but they played I felt they played relatively well against Flapway for the most part. But again, you know, we're kind of comparing apples to oranges here. Lapway is like here, and if you see if you had if you had visual, 
you would see that I'm pointing like my hand is like all the way up to the top of the ceiling. All five foot four of you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All two foot eight. And Lewiston is probably like right in the middle as far as our area teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and and before, you know, we, we dive in a little bit more, I kind of just, I want to give some players some flowers, you know, kind of, I want to recognize some kids that just did really well during the tournament. And I want to start off with a kid you already said, Xavier Santana. That kid is going to play at the next level. And he's young, too. He's a sophomore, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And he was hitting at all angles. When he played Lapway, I mean, he still got 15 points. Yeah, but, and to get 15 points against that, against that team is yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, another kid for Lewiston played extremely well, uh, Jace McCarcher. I mean, he got 16 against Lapway. But, you know, a lot of what Lewiston's team does is they have a different kid perform extremely well every night. And I think that's why Lewiston has potential to make a run at the state tournament. Maybe not win the state tournament, but has a shot to maybe place, you know, third, fourth. Um, did they go fifth, sixth, and five, 5A? Five no, okay, no, no, it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's first, second, third, fourth, and then the okay. consolation. Okay, so yeah, third, fourth. I think they have a chance there. Because they got guys like Chance Eek, who, you know, stepped up. You really, you, as a matter of fact, you raved about Chance Eek the other night. Yes, I really like him, and I like his game, and he was out for a while. Um, there's just times where he makes plays, or he doesn't make plays, and... You can tell it bothers him, right? You know, he, he will miss a basket or he won't get a foul, and, you know, it's it's bothering him. Like, you know, he's throwing his hands up and, you know, he's slow to go down the court. You know, if it, it's a mental thing with that kid. Mm-hmm. I think if he overcomes that, you know, you got two really good guards in chance and Jace on both ends. And I think the problem with Lewiston is, you know, their guy's inside – they're 50-50. I don't feel like they match up well with a lot of teams inside. They're 50-50, man. James White, in the game against Lapway, played, you know, in the games that I've seen Lewison play, mm-hmm. his best game of the season. 16 points, but, you know, all for naught because, you know, Lapway did what Lapway right. does. Right, right, And if you want to talk about guys that can get it done, the best boys player that I've seen all night, and he stuck, he stuck out so much that – he stuck out on a Lapway team that has so many good players. Case, why not? That kid is a problem. Yeah. And that kid is going and, and, to be and, good. And, a pro- and when you say problem, he's a problem for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. He's good. And he knows how to do it. Like He knows he's how to like shoot. He's like Riddler. Mm-hmm. You need to solve the answer to this, to this question. He can shoot on the outside, and if he gets on the inside and he doesn't make the basket, he's going to get fouled. He's going to go to the free throw line. He's going to make both of them. And, you know, this is big when you've got a guy like Titus Europe, who's a Division One basketball player. And, you know, normally that's where your focus is going to be, but you've got to focus on Case because if you don't <laughs> focus on Case, it's oh, you know, and then <laughs> right. Titus, then he's going right. to go off. And then if you don't focus on Titus, he's going to cross Taylor too. I mean, they are so deep. And like you said, I mean, they, it's, it's... The stupidity of how deep they are yeah. is just, it's mind-blowing. Well, and that's the thing. The hardest thing about watching that championship game with Lewiston was Lewiston played a great game, and they have guys there, and they're... I think the problem with Lewiston is 
really was that they they aren't as deep as Lapway, and that's right, right. and that's like, I mean, that's hard to be. You can't at any level. It's hard to be as deep yeah. as Lapway, um, but. You know, when they were, when they, like, early in the first half or even, you know, beginning of the second half, when they were making shots, going on runs, like, they were there, but they just don't have the gas to keep up all the time with these guys and these guys coming off the bench and just everybody. You know? and, and this yeah. is the thing with Lapway in general is is they build these guys, they, these kids from the ground up, they play summer ball, they, they, they just, they play a different brand that, that, Kids around here, most of the kids around here, just don't play. Yeah. And when you when you get kids like, you know, a Case Warnock, an A.J. Ellenwood, a Terrell Ellenwood oh, yeah. Jones. And those are just kids that I didn't even yeah, talk those, about. Yeah, those are just random kids that you know, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that, you know, that are capable of going off for 15 and 8 every night. Yep. You know, we could talk about... Uh, Case, why not? We could talk about Titus Hero. We could talk about Cross Taylor all day long. You know, but, you know, you've got the glue guys like a Terrell Ellenwood Jones and an A.J. Ellenwood and, you know, all those guys, and and they're just so deep, and it's just like... Numbers one through five on Lapway would be stars on any team that was in that tournament. Exactly. Would be the best player on any Any of the other seven teams. Yep. Well, actually, we should say six teams because take the list and JV out. Unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, yeah. Any of the other six varsity teams that were playing in that in, in that team, put, oh, I don't know, put Terrell Ellenwood Jones on Greenville. Oh, yeah. They're they're competing. It's Corns 25 points a night. Oh, yeah. And, they're, and they could, I mean, well, I don't know how much. That's a team with no wins. Like I don't know how many. No, but I how mean, many you, wins. You, you, I think that improves them enough to where they get. Improves them enough to where they're free. playing. They're in games. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm. You saying. know, who? Do, what? What does an AJ Ellenwood do for Moscow? Oh, does does he give them an extra one or two here and there? Maybe. Yes. You know. So. Well, and that was. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's tough too because you got. You got two teams, right, and a Clarkson and a Moscow, who I think played an extremely like good tournament, but they just you know they couldn't get over the Lapway or the Lewis and Hum. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was also very impressed because I think out of every player besides I think Case who ended up winning the the MVP, tournament yeah, MVP, yeah, yeah. I think you know if Case why not. Didn't didn't show up, <laughs> didn't didn't play in the tournament. You know, wasn't there. Who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he just wasn't there, I think even if Clarkson plays in a third place game, I think there's a real reason to give Xavier Santana the the MVP award. No, he had an o- overall. He had a really good tournament. I think I mean, he had think two games won- over thirty. Yeah, uh, I know he had one game. The, the last game, I think, he had, like, 29. Oh, so he's one the first short. game, he had 33. Or yeah. I might be inverting them. The first game, he had 33. I thought in the yeah. game against Moscow, he had over 32. but No, he, he was know. close, I believe. Yeah. You know, he was he was in that neck of the woods, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so... But, again, he he's a kid, you know... He's a glue guy. He's going to be there for a while. I don't know if he's a glue guy. I think he's a captain... Uh-huh. I, I think he's a guy that can score 20-plus every night. 
I think he's a guy that's going to give the other teams in the GSL bits, you know, throughout throughout the regular season and into the district tournament. And you know, I mean, if you're if you're a team like Pullman, who's got a good, who's oh, got a really yes. good player in Jaden Brown. Oh yeah. You know, and a few other blue guys. You're gonna have to focus on Xavier because you could win or lose a game just on him alone. Yeah. Before I, I talk about the girls for a little bit too, I want to talk about um, uh, two guys that I think um, I just didn't get enough credit. I guess even though I'm the one writing the stories, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't give him enough shout. Um, Dawson Blunt for Clarkson. He doesn't score a lot of points, right? but he is a defensive just uh, leader out there. And he puts his body on the line for the ball. Like There's like so many times out there he will dive for a ball, hit the back of the, of the hoop, or he'll get a steal, and, he'll, and he just he puts it on. You know, I talked to Justin Jones about him, and he had a lot of you know, high praise for that kid, and, and he's fun to watch. The only thing that I will say, and Dawson, if you're watching this, you have a weird shooting form, buddy. <laughs> I think that's why he doesn't. What do you, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What, is it, what do you mean? He's weird. Just like he it just says it just looks weird on his release. I don't, okay. It, it, he he doesn't shoot very often, but when he does, it's kind of like a little oh, awkward. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh yeah, that's not going in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, great defensive player, and I I was impressed by him. And for Moscow Barrett Abendroff, I was very impressed by him. Not only. Uh, scoring wise, cause I think he hit double figures in every game he was in as well. Um, he was also very good defensively, and played well for Moscow. And he's got great hair too, man. <laughs> he uh, must have inherited that from his dad. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, you know, a uh, Barrett Almondroth, you know, he probably could get the stigma of being the athletic director's kid, so he's going to be on every team. And he's, you know, he's going to be there just because he's the AD's kid, you know, and all that. But I, I think Barrett has actually improved his game the last couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, he doesn't have to stand on being daddy's kid. Mm-hmm. He, he, he can actually, you know, he's actually showing his expo- exploits relatively well. So good on Barrett, you know, because he deserves, you know, to, to kind of stand out on his own. And not be in the shadow of dad being the AD and all that. You know, because, again, like I said, you get that stigma. And you know from being in high school relatively recently, yeah. you know, if, if you're like a coach's kid oh, yeah. or an AD's kid or whatever, you, you, you think get that that they're going to they're gonna get the special treatment. Oh, yeah. But, no, his, his game was very – I was very impressed with it. He's another guy, too, kind of like a Dawson Blunt. You know, he – he he puts it all he puts it all out there for the ball and I was I was impressed with his game you know um, I'm trying to think about any other just boys performers that I can talk about before I dive into the girls so we had Moscow Clarkson Chance Eek, obviously you know I for some reason I don't know what it is about that kid but I talk about that kid all the time in the office and I, and I try to I try I give him a lot of press too I think so. Yeah, he's... you might want to back down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I might want to, might want to back back up from Chancey a little bit. <laughs> oh, Drew Hottinger, too. I think he he's a 
he's talented. He's only a sophomore too, and he's he's getting rebounds and and in the Lapway game, man, he was like in the first you know half when they were in it, he was scoring, putting them within eight, seven. I mean, he he had an impressive you know little run there. So I I thought he did well. Um, yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to give any any right guys any shout-outs because I can't remember their names off the dome. So I think that's that would be my all underrated Avista tournament team. Those guys right there. Um. Well, I'm glad. You know, here's the thing. I'm glad I gave Justin and his boys a little <laughs> bit of uh, material for the whiteboard. Yeah, I think so. I think so. For the girls, though, I will say, and I wrote about it, you know, extensively in my um, in my article. Lewison's turning a corner here, and they got some girls that are producing for them. Katie Wessel still is the person. Yeah. But, you know, toward in the first half especially in their game against Post Falls, who is a league opponent who they play on Friday, and that's going to be an interesting one there. Yeah, it will. Um, that is a uh, – that it's good looking, you know. That's, that's good when you're getting people involved, and that's what they want. You know, they don't want everything to go you to Katie. You can't run everything through Katie. There is a Because point. everybody is going to know, you know, what you're doing. And, I mean, you know, it's kind of been the same scenario the last year and a half with that basketball team is everything goes through Katie. You know, you need you need somebody like a like an Emily Collins. You need somebody like an Annika Uren to be able to step up. Alternative. And... and and they were able to do that the last couple of days, and they may have finally gotten gotten a hump. Now, you know, are they good? You know, are they going to be able to compete with Lake City? Are they going to be able to compete with Coeur d'Alene? Are they able to going to be able to compete with the Post Falls? They showed that they can compete with the Post Falls, but a Lake City and a Coeur d'Alene, you know, that's still to be determined. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're probably not going to make. They're probably not going to make the state tournament this year. But positive momentum. But there are there is positive momentum working in that program, which is exactly what athletic director Corey Corey Williams wanted. You know, Carly is Carly Stefanczyk is getting that program moving in the right direction. The problem is, is you just cannot run everything through one player, because if you run everything through Katie. You're going to have somebody like a Capri Sims who's going to be able to clamp down on her. Mm-hmm. You know, the good thing about Katie, though, is she can play good defense. Oh, yeah, and she played her best defensive performance in that Against tournament. Capri. Yeah, in that tournament, in that game, specifically. And, you know, in that game against Post Falls, towards, like, the final minute, there was a scene, and I wish I, I wish August took a picture, or... Whoever was the photographer at that, yeah, I wish he would have the photo, or if he does, or I took a picture. But literally, Katie went up, got fouled, and all five defenders were on her. Like it was, like they were keen in on the fact that because Katie's everybody knows the that the offense is going to run through Katie at crunch time. Yep. Okay, and she still got hers. Yep. She's still going to get hers, but it's the other players around her. They are going to need to step up in order for them to have real success. You know, 
and, and we keep harping on Katie, and it's, and it's because Katie's a good player. Oh, she's great. Katie's yeah. a really good player. She's great. You know, she averaged, I, okay, I think she had 22 in two games and, and 16 in the third game yeah. at the Avista against really good teams. So she can stand out above everybody else, but you've got to have the Urins. You've got to have the Collinses. You've got to have Ortiz. You've got to have these girls step up, you know, and, and be able to score five to eight to ten to twelve points if you're going to be a serious threat. Yep. And I think the fact, because there was there was you know when we were when we were talking about in the preview about this tournament, you know there was some serious back and forth between me and you about the fact that they might lose in the first round. No, no, I, I, I really, I really both. thought Maybe that both. there was a legitimate shot that they could lose to Grangeville because they're really good. Yeah. For a Class Two A team, they they should get to the state this year in Class Two A. You know, they've got a, a Bailey Vanderwall, they got a Camden Barger, they've got a lot of good glue parts. So there was a legitimate shot they could have lost. So my thing was was I was probably most impressed with the fact, and you know. It, that they took care of business in that game. Right, they, and they needed to. You know, because they lost to Grangeville last time. They didn't have Katie in that game. But, right. But they lost to Grangeville last time they played them. And Grangeville being a well-rounded team, well-respected. I think everybody knew coming in that this was, you know, it, was, it wasn't as to the level of maybe a Lapway in the boys' bracket. But, right. But it was kind of similar to the fact where they knew that this was, you know, a 2A team, but they're respectable. You know, they're talented. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knew that. So they needed to go in there, take care of business. They did. And their game against Richland, too, which honestly was sloppy. Their game <laughs> against Richland, both teams, very, very sloppy. Hitting corner of the backboards, not making shots. Could that have been a little bit of fatigue? I think so. I think that that's what it was because you know you grind it out on Thursday. That's what it wound up to be. You grind it out, Lewiston. You know, not being able to win the tournament and get kind of get over post balls. I think they fatigued out at the end. You know, you could see you could probably see a little bit of that against Richland. Mm -hmm. You know, in both teams. Well, you beat. You beat Richland in a game that I don't, you know, on paper I don't know if they should have won that game. Right. And then you go out and you play Post Falls, and I think that's, you know, the best game that they've played all year. But, you know, there's just some things that between – I think the Avista tournament on film is a really good measuring stick for Lewiston. I think you have a Grangeville game where you took care of business against a team that you should have beat. You have a Richland game where – Sloppy, but you came out on top. Corrections, and then you have a post falls game where where you, you probably should have been blown out, mm-hmm. and you and, and you really showed the kind of talent and the potential that you have. Exactly, and so I think I think Lewiston right now, if there was a chance for them to go on a run, now is it, and you know it's all about what they can do with this momentum going forward. Now and they get post balls at home on 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 Friday night. Um, the poll will come out on Thursday. You'll be voting in the poll. Yep. Uh, they were post balls was five entering the entering last week. 
I have a feeling they're going to probably be in that same neck of the woods. You know, when you considering you have Lake City at thirteen and one, you've got Coeur d'Alene at twelve and one. You know, they those two teams have beaten some teams outside of the state who were really good. You know, Post Falls stayed within the state. They beat three, you know, halfway decent teams. You know, I, you know, but Lewiston gets them on their home court versus a neutral court which is where the Avista tournament was at. You could call it home court, but it really was neutral. Mm-hmm. Lewiston probably played up. Yeah. Post balls, I don't know. You saw them. Well, post Did balls they play looked, down? Or? Well, I think Lewiston played up, okay. right? So I think, I, think, I think in the first half, post falls played down. Because in the first half, post falls did not look like the team that was playing all tournament, right? Right. Post falls looked really impressive. The thing was about post falls is they suffocate you. They get ahead by double digits, and then, you know, they'll let you sneak back in, and then they take that away. That's what they do. They, it's like the old cat and mouse thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they, let you, they let you think, you know, maybe we'll come back, and then dagger. No way. Not coming back. You know, thing is, is no lead is safe when you're ahead with post falls, and you can't think you're going on a run against post falls because they are really good and they're really well coached too. I mean, their yeah. defense, their defense is what's impressive. Full court press. I mean, they're pressing and they are on you all game. Like they don't run out of gas. 94 feet all yeah. day long. Yeah, they don't run out of gas and I think that's and that was another reason that it was so frustrating to see that they were, you know, and we've been hammering this point, where they were riding Wessels so hard because they were just Honor, 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 honor. And well, and again, like, that's because it. they know and they've seen her for two years. They yeah. understand that there's, you know, if if, if anybody's going to beat them, they don't want it to be her. Well, yeah, and you know. They want it to be somebody else that beats her. Beats and, you, them. and you know Carly doesn't, and Carly's talked, you know, I've talked to Carly. Like, Carly doesn't want everything to go through Katie, too. Right, like, but, but she and, also yeah. understands. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. That she's going to carry the day. Uh, transitioning away from from Lewiston, and one last thing about Avista, I will say that um, as far as the girls go, I was kind of more impressed with the out of town teams, uh, Post Falls, Richland, who in that Lewiston game was kind of like eh, but um, their game against <laughs> Lapway. That that's what really surprised me. I was kind of surprised about. Lapway's results in this tournament. That was going to be, you know, kind of my segue. I think Lapway didn't really show up. Uh, and I hate to say that, and, like, that's kind of – that might be a little bit too That might be a little hard. A little aggressive, a little, a little yeah, No, 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 and I would agree with you with that. But, again, I think fatigue kind of set in. Yeah. I talked to Ada, the, like, the first night. And and she even kind of admitted a little bit that they were a little, a little weary, a little tired, but you know, not. You didn't think anything of it when they won their first game, but you know, you could see, you know, when they played Richland in that semifinal game, they were a little, a little gassed, and then in the final, and you know, in their, in their placement game, they were kind of the same thing. So. Well, this is probably, 
a disappointing finish for Lapway as far as the girls go in this tournament. But Ada can probably use this as fuel for the rest of the season. Oh, they'll turn it around. No doubt. They'll turn it around, no doubt. I mean, the thing is... is I still think they're probably the class of the White Pine League Division One. You know, but you got teams like a Prairie, who's at six and one in the league. You got a surprise team, and yeah, I know Lapway thumped them in the first game, but Clearwater Valley, it, you know, with, with their two players that you know they got they, they got a Caden Schilling, and, and I forget the other kid right off the top of my head, but they've got two really good players, you know, that they could see, you know, they could conceivably win anywhere, you know, eight to ten games in that league. You know, you've got Potlatch, who's really a surprise in that league. You know, um, you know they're sitting at four and three right now. Um, you know, those four teams, you know, Lapway Prairie, Clearwater Valley, and, and Potlatch, they're the class of that league right now. Now, I think Lapway's going to wind up winning it. They're probably going to be the top seed in the district tournament, which, good God, it starts in a month. Dang. This district tournament by. for girls starts February the third. It's flown by. Yeah, it ha- it has. Um, you know, but Lapway's sitting undefeated in the league right now. I don't see many issues except maybe against Lap against Prairie in her second game. But I just you know that the second to fourth, you know, spots in that league. You know, and even a Camii, a Genesee, even though Genesee is down a little bit. A Troy who has played 12 games, you know, it's very well conceivable that, you know, anywhere between 3rd to 7th could could flip-flop by, by February the 2nd. And we could be talking about, you know, maybe a Troy being in 3rd, you know, and maybe a Clearwater Valley being in 7th. But as it stands in this league right now, I mean, you've got Lapway here, you've got Prairie here, and you've kind of got four other teams that are that have the capability of beating any of the other four teams on any night. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, and, and I don't even know how to put this in a, in a nice, in a nice, I'm not trying to be rude by any means when I say this, right? But I think maybe as spectators and you know as media maybe we overrated lapway girls a little bit coming into the tournament because we're comparing them to the boys you know and i think when they came in and they had an opening round matchup they won that and then they play a 5a team in post falls right and post falls is a really good team yeah and it's like you know you think that just because they're lapway they're going to compete, and they're going to do really well. But Post Falls quickly answered the call, showed why Post Falls is one of the best teams in the state in the 5A, and that's four classifications up, and I think kind of brought it to a reality. And then when Lapway is competing for third place, I think that fatigue sits in. You know, they don't – it's not that they don't have anything to play for, right. but it's and, not for and, a first and, and, and second. I don't think they were mailing it in either, okay? And this, you know – Fatigue sets in when you're playing three games in 72 hours. You know, and and those girls, those girls are not used to doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, they can use that as a learning experience, 
you know, to fuel them the rest of the way. Exactly. Exactly. And, it, yeah, I tried to approach that as best as I could. But, anyway. No, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't, we thought. I think we, we may just. Have gave, we may have gave Lapway a little bit too much credit. And that's not to say that they're a bad team. Because they're not. Clearly oh, no. they're not. No. You know, but when you're playing a 5A team that's got, you know, a lot of talent. Depth. They're deep. Too. They're really deep. Post balls is really deep. You know, it, it should have been expected. Yeah. You know, but again, we think Lapway, well, you know, we, we think of who they are. Yeah. Think about what they are, what they've done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What they are and what they've done. You know, and they got good players. They yeah. really do have good players. You know, they've got a Lauren Bull. they got a... So Maliga, uh, they 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 got a Jordan McCormick Marks, you know they've got you know really good players, but they found out really quickly that you know there is a there's a difference between five A girls and one A D one girls and a good you know, learning experience and, and and again fatigue probably factored into all that so. A good learning experience, I would no, say. No, it, it is a good learning experience, and it's something that I feel like Ada can use, you know, to get them, you know, fueled up for the rest of the league, going into the district, and then going into state. Because, let's let's face it, they they probably have one of the one of the two three state spots secured. Oh yeah. And uh, to give my, you know, my obligatory one. Or two underrated um, girls spots. I'm just gonna give it to Eloise Teasley. And even though she she made the team, but I like it was you know she's not like a when you think of Clarkson girls basketball. I don't think she's not the. You don't first. think of Eloise Teasley for Clarkson girls basketball this year. You think of Kendall Wallace. Yeah, or uh, Erica Pickett. Or even an Erica Pickett. But Erica had some issues, health issues. Oh yeah. You know during the tournament. You know, she's, Kendall was shut down, you know, a, a couple of times. You know, she had... She had a rough night shooting. Yeah. Rough tournament, yeah. Yeah, she had a really good game her last game, but, you know, Clarkson finished a surprising seventh in that tournament. You know, I, I that kind of came out of left field for me. You know, I, I figured, you know, I thought at the very least they would be in the third, fourth place game. Yeah. No, they lost their first two games, and it just... Debbie even thought that they were a little fatigued, you know, which kind of surprised me a little bit. So they kind of have to go back to the drawing board. But again, you know, these games don't mean anything as far as it's a good measuring stick. It's a good measuring stick, yes, as to where you you are at and where you need to go. But, you know, know, them and West Valley are are probably the the class of the uh, GSL 2A. Um, Eloise Teasley is going to be an important part of that team moving forward. You know, they need a third, they need a fourth, and she's going to be, she needs to be one of those, one of those kids. She's quick. To be able to, you know, get Clarkson over the hump Mm -hmm. to win the league title again. So, you know, again, they might be disappointed with that finish, but it is something that they can, you know, kind of look back upon and, and move forward going into the league season. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think just to uh, 
To end things real quick, uh, let's just, you know, talk a little briefly about our local wrestlers and, you know, that they, what did you, what'd you throw your hand up for? I was waiting for when we get a little bit of grappling talk. Oh, well, you know, we got to get because, the... Because, I mean, we have an absolutely huge... Oh, it's huge. Spell that Y-O-O-G-E. Huge, as Bernie Sanders would say. Huge <laughs> tournament this weekend down in Nampa. It's the, it's the annual Raleigh Lane Invitational. Legendary. Legendary. This basically, as I put in my weekly primer, this basically is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the state tournament. It really is. It really is. You know, if you... there's And there's only three of our teams there, but the three teams that are going have kids that are capable of not only placing there, but placing at state. Let me tell you this. If you... If you place at Raleigh Lane, you will place at State. I never placed at Raleigh Lane. And you know what? I never placed at State. So there... You want to know why? Because you couldn't wrestle. (laughs) Yeah, because I was garbage. Even even (laughs) though you got this 2016 Clearwater Classic... Oh, yeah, you noticed the drip. Yeah, Yeah, I noticed noticed the threads, man. I noticed the threads, you know. I always did better at Tri-State than Raleigh. I never placed at Tri-State either. Why is that? Because Raleigh's such a... So I think Tri-State. I think I in our last podcast I think I I overstated Tri-State. I think Raleigh is more. Uh, Tri-State's more kind of just teams in the Idaho Montana region. Right. I think to me, and, and if I'm wrong, you you please chime chime in. Yeah. Raleigh Lane is a barometer of what you're going to do come the end of February. Yeah, and there's more, and there's more kids. There's, there's more there's, kids, there's more teams, and there's, there's more, talent. more talent, there's more good regional teams. Yep. This year, there are teams from Nevada, Arizona, uh, not Arizona, sorry, Nevada, California, Utah, Montana, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon, all going to be congregated. I'm impressed you did that all in one take, by the way. Yeah! That's amazing, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. That was impressive. Score one for the fat man. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Score one for the fat old white guy. And uh, blue hair, by the way. And and by the way, uh, to all you wrestlers that are going to this, that are you know like like your boy, like Trevin Pixley, that aren't too good. Don't worry. If you go two and out, you will still have to wrestle six matches the next day in the <laughs> second chance pod <laughs> against a, bu- a bunch of other wrestlers who don't right, care to so, wrestle in the so, second chance pod. So give me. So let me ask you this. What, how many matches, if you drop in the console, in, in the consoles, yeah. how many matches could you wrestle in this thing? If it, So if you're still wrestling to place? If you're wrestling to place, Seven. if you get three, if, you're, if you get the third, how many matches are you capable of wrestling? Oh, if you get to third? So yeah. if you get to third, you only drop one. Um, so if it's 64... Or 32. I got to think it's 64 six. with the amount of teams. So six. I, I figured it out today, and I did this. And I'm going to do a shout-out for the weekly primer. Yeah. There's 132 total teams. Now, I, I didn't delineate between girls and boys. Yeah. But if you take 132 teams total, yeah. there's at least 
from what they promoted on their Facebook website, there's at least 80-plus boys teams and 40-plus girls. So you take that. I'd say for third. So you, what are you looking at? Third, you only, you'd only have to have, if you wrestle for third, then you've only lost once. Right. So f- five. And five. if you are wrestling for fifth or sixth, which I think they place up to sixth at that tournament. Okay. They don't do seventh or eighth. Okay. Then you can wrestle nine. Okay. You're wrestling nine for sixth, seventh. And you're basically at that point, you, you just, I don't know that you care. No. Well, I mean, when you, you get to... You care, but you don't. Because you, you care because, again, as I said, this is kind of a foreshadowing to what's going to happen in a state. You want to do well enough that, you know, if you place fifth here, hey, you know, you do have a legitimate shot to win the state title. But still at the same time, you know, you also understand that you're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit because you know that if you've got Idaho kids that are finishing first, second, third, you still have a ways to go. Well, the thing is, is that... um... I think these kids right now are, as far as Raleigh goes, I think they're not thinking too far ahead as far as state goes. So I think if they can get to first, second, third, that's what you want. But if you're wrestling fifth and sixth, I mean, that's a grind and a half, right? Right, once, right. Once, once you get there, it's like, you know, you love wrestling. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like you just want to get on the podium at that point. So, right, right. So it's like at the end of the day, that's just like you want to just get on the podium to impress. Now I'm gonna tell you, I've got a sleeper pick that I think is going to run the table. He's gonna surprise a lot of people. Well, hold on. Tell me what schools are gonna be at Raleigh. Okay, schools for our area are gonna be at Raleigh, Lewiston, both both boys and girls. Moscow, both boys and girls, and Potlatch. Oh, uh, oh, I know who you're going with. Okay, who is Do it? Do you think you know who I'm going with here? Yeah, I can't think of his name off the top, but I think once you say it, I'll know. It's, it's, is it, can I, is it, pot, is it a Potlatch kid? No. Oh, okay. Is it no, not, it's not. Okay, and I got a second guess. Is it, is it Ackerman? Nope. Okay, what is it? 120 pounds in the boys' division weight boss. Oh, that's not a sleeper pick. I think that's a I good think, pick. No, 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 no. I do pick. think it is a sleeper pick. I really do. Because he's ran the table so far this season. And I think there's a lot of people who are going to underestimate him. You know, because he doesn't wrestle a whole lot. He's only wrestled, you know, a couple of duels. You know, he. I think. I think they wrestled like two invites. Well, you know, it's funny is that like. Was, but he's ran the table, and these guys down south, you know, you know how we talk about all the time how the kids down south are more developed and, and they're probably better. I don't know that they understand what they're in for with this kid. No, well, see, that was the thing at Tri-State with him because you know, my good buddy, shout out to Colton Jones, assistant coach at Lewis and Wrestling. He um he told me that at Tri State Hoyt wasn't even seated, so the fact that he even came in right and won the tournament unseated right was even more impressive. Well, now now granted, when they do seating criteria for Raleigh, he's probably going to be seated. Yeah. 
So he might get a little bit more attention. But I'm telling you what, this kid has the ability. You know, he's kind of went under the radar all year long so far because, again, Lewiston really hasn't. Lewiston's wrestled just a couple of invites. They've wrestled mainly duels. They've got a couple of duels, you know, leading up to this. They're playing. They're 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 going to be at Lake City on Tuesday. Then they're going to go downstate. They're going to they're going to have a duel at Wiser on Thursday to kind of tune them up a little bit. And I'm telling you what, this kid, you know, we we've talked a lot about Tristan Bremer and how good he is. I think Hoyt Voss is better. I really think Hoyt Voss is better. Now, will he run the table? Will he go undefeated throughout the entire season? I don't know. You know, but I I really really like him. I really like him a lot. Yeah, I think Lewiston has some hammers, man. And I think, so you got Lewiston, Potlatch, and then who was the third? Moscow. Moscow. So I think as far as placers from those three schools, you got Hoy Voss, who I think probably will get first or second. I think he's got a legitimate shot to get to the title match. I think he'll get first or second. And Tristan Bremer, who I think is going to win. I think he'll win. I'm pretty sold on Tristan Bremer as a wrestler just because I've known that kid for a long time. And I, yeah. know, I know his work ethic, man. He, right. he was in the wrestling room when he was a, like a sixth grader and I was a senior. So, I mean, he, he was, he's been doing this for a long time. Um, I think Logan Meisner, too. I think that kid, that kid will place. He probably, I think he'll be to a place. He has an outside shot at third and fourth. Yeah, I think, I think he's, a, he's a hammer. I think he'll get up there. Um, Who's the heavyweight for them again? Robert Storm. Yeah, I think he might have an outside fifth, shot to six. place. Fifth, six, I think. Yeah. Um, as far as Moscow goes, I think um, girl. Skyla. Skyla. Skyla Zimmerman. I think she'll win. I think she should win. Her sister, Kira, probably as a freshman has an outside shot to place. Mm-hmm. Um, they, got, they got a kid that... They got a 113-pounder, too. They got a lightweight kid that's pretty good, too. That hadn't wrestled. Or maybe I'm thinking of Pullman. They, I think they have a kid that hadn't wrestled for a really long time and then wrestled and then placed at Tri-State. But, and they have a couple of mills, I think, that are, that are pretty solid. Yeah. That, that, that have the potential to place. You know... We look at Potlatch. I love Potlatch, dude. You know, I think it's awesome. Tyson going. Tucker. I love that. Tyson one. Tucker. I love that kid too. I love that kid. I don't know that he's gonna win, but I think he has the capability of being a third, fourth guy. You know, I I, I think what what Brian Brinkelson has done with that program, he's been, being yeah. a one A, he's been doing it for a while. You know, he's the one who. Help get the girls kind of into this thing, you know. I just, I love, you know, I love these small schools, and I love the capability of what they can do. You know, Clearwater Valley. I wish Clearwater Valley was in this tournament. Well, the thing. Oh is- my God! I think Clearwater Valley could mop up. You know, they might not. They they might not have the capability of winning. You know, an individual title, no. but they would have enough talent to to take to get thirds and fourths, and to be able to be up there in the standings. And I really wish Victor Martinez would have taken this team to this tournament. 
Oh my God, I love that team. I really do. I think they have the capability of winning the 1A team title at, at state this year. But that's not to say I don't like Potlatch because, again, I love Potlatch. I love the capability of what they have. They've got good kids. You know, we talk about, we talk about these 5A kids and these 2A Washington kids, you know, on the Pullman side. These 1A kids in, in, in Idaho, they grind Oh yeah. They 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 take this thing seriously. And it's not like those those kids in the bigger schools don't, but I love the passion that they have. Oh yeah. And and you know when when we'd go up to these bigger tournaments and we'd see a potlatch kid on the mat. I mean, we we were their biggest fan. You know, like so I mean, you got potlatch when they step on the mat, you know, Lewis and Moscow is going to be rooting for them. So I'm very, I'm very excited to see what. And we're two weeks out from the Clearwater Classic. Oh, that's gonna be. A which takes place, you know, uh, January. I, I believe I want to say January 18th, 19th over at Lewiston. Yeah, that should, and we should have that a should be a fun turn. That should be a fun tournament for you know the local area kids. Um, you know, I, I think that we should do a preview pod on that. You think? I think so. Yeah, it might be capable. We might have to bring on a coach or two. I think I think I got some. You, I think I got some connections. You got some in the Rolodex? I think I got some of my speed dial. Oh, I think yeah. maybe. You think we might be able to uh, hook a couple couple brothers up? Yeah, I think we got maybe one, two, maybe, maybe, maybe three. Two, maybe three, you maybe know? Three. No, I really think, and, and, and I haven't looked that far down. Um, I think Clearwater Valley is going to be there, too. We need to get Victor Martinez on here. They really have three or four really good kids in their middles. You know, the Fabby brothers. You know, they're just I, – I just – I love talking about wrestling. I do too. You know, and I, I wish we would do a little bit more of it, and I think that's what we try to do with this podcast a little bit. Yeah. You know, I know there's times that we kind of stretch or podcast out a little bit, but it's because we want to do – we, me and Trevin both have decided that we both want to kind of highlight these wrestling kids because they get, they don't get a whole lot of press. They don't get a whole lot of coverage and they deserve it because they work just as hard as these basketball kids. Yeah. And we, we kind of ran into a little bit of a week where, you know, we kind of had to recap the Avista tournament. So, you know, we had to kind of put it towards the end of the podcast, but you know, the Avista tournament's over and Raleigh Lane's going to happen this week and, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about because I think, you know, Hoyt is going to – Hoyt and Tristan and, you know, any kid that has an opportunity of placing at this tournament is going to be involved in a really good match. So, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about come uh, come next podcast about the results Absolutely. of the Rolling Lane. No, no question. So, you know, this was one of our longer podcast stuff. <laughs> so that's going to do it for Episode 8. Of the Lewis and Tribune podcast, Don, any final words before we kick kick everybody out? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's the new year. We're hoping for a bit of normalcy. Now we know we're not probably going to get it. You know, schedules are going to be. You know, as I said in kind of our you know our, our main news story. You know, today that in Sunday's paper that schedules are going to kind of be a fluctuating thing. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know, there's there, there's a virus, you know, with Omicron. We've got um, bus driver shortages. We've got, you know, um, 
and Every- a lack of officials, which, you know, got to give a shout-out to Mike Taco, Love and, Mike Taco. And, and all his guys that, you know, Corky Fazio and all those guys who, you know, who who, who do, who, who come on a nightly basis and, you know, do it not necessarily for the pay. They do it for the love of the game. Um, they need help. They need help desperately. And, and it's not an easy job to have to officiate games. You know, you're, you're getting you're getting ragged on left and right from parents, from coaches, from players. You know, they don't deserve the abuse that they get, and they do it, and they still do it because they love the game of basketball. Um, you know, you might want to, as a parent, you might want to, or a fan, you might want to give them a little bit of a break because this season in particular, it's been more taxing than it has been in previous years just because of, you know, everything that we're going through. I just hope that we can make it through the season, you know, without a whole lot of postponements, a whole lot of cancellations. You know, we can get these kids the seasons that they deserve, you know, it's not their fault. I just, you know, we're just doing the best that we can, you know, but it's hard. And I just wanted to, you know, give the, give the officiating crews who are, you know, toting around out there a little bit of a shout out because, you know, they get abused for no reason. And, you know, they're doing the best that they can under really, really, really difficult circumstances here. You know, pre-2019, you know, fine. But right now, it's it's so hard. And they don't get paid a whole lot. And they deserve, they deserve a little bit of respect. So, you know, fans, please, just, you know, give them a little bit, give them a little bit of rope. Yep. They deserve it. Yep. Treat your officials with respect. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode number eight of the Lewison Tribune Sports Podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Troop Talks. And Don, take it away. All right. And if you want to follow us on uh, at the Tribune, you can follow us at Lou Trib underscore Sports. You can follow me at Waldo nine nine three nine. Yeah, I know. God, they they've been trying to find a character. You know they. Tree's still trying to find a character. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to find you for years. Well, you know, it, I, you know, I, I, I kind of like to keep keep it on the down low. Yeah. You know, kind of like our palatial studios here. It is you know, so on like the to, down low. We like to keep it on the down low. You know, the red, red flashing light right up there. You know, it says on air. Yeah. It's not really even flashing. Yeah. No. It's if we. I don't even think we've been recording. Have we? Really? <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Oh, we've been recording. Hey, thanks, folks. We really appreciate your support. You know, I actually, actually, I actually looked at our uh, our views. You know, you guys are really supporting us. You know, I mean, it's not. It clearly isn't top twenty on Spotify, but you guys are. You know, we're, we're getting the word out, and you guys are. You know, you're listening and. And we really appreciate it, and, you know, we really hope to have more of you guys, you know, in the coverage area, in the circulation area, listening to us because, hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen on this podcast. I yeah. mean, we don't even know when we go into it. Yeah, no. You guys are showing out. We really appreciate it. So, you never know what's going to happen. You never know if we'll, we'll give you a call. Maybe you'll be on the podcast. You know, you'll never <laughs> know. 
But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast as always. And I hope you guys...